Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And this evening, I'm going to be talking about a wide range of concepts, subjects, etc. And in pre-production, I was reading a copy of a book that I wrote. <laughs> and I am totally amazed at um, this book. It's got information I don't find anywhere else. It's talking about uh, Trinity thinking. It's talking about assuaging, removing, dissolving guilt, uh, how to understand guilt, how to uh, release it. The book that I'm working on <clears throat> at the moment, The New Language Codes, is about converting our language to the idea of being able to recognize things as love because um, one of the least used, least used words seems to be love. We're willing to say like, but we're not willing to say love like we're saving it up, and once we get enough of it, then we'll, no, no, don't say, it's infinite, everything's infinite. Uh, I've been doing a lot of um, meditating, and I, then I write for some minutes after the meditation, usually some conclusion has printed itself in my mind, and I want to write it before it vanishes uh, further into my thinking, and so... Uh, techniques of meditation are subject to be discussed. There's so many subjects to be discussed. Um, also, as you know, the, the audience is the guest in our program, so if anybody would like to call in with any question about anything, that would be greatly received, because otherwise I'll just continue to talk, which I seem to have a great talent to do, and not even to necessarily say anything, I just seem to be able to talk. So, uh, let me just... Um, take a few broad strokes, I've been looking at um, all of these studies and uh, the idea of um, um, what's taken away from us by guilt, by the society we've been brought up in, uh, by this ridiculous concept of a chain of command. There are many ridiculous concepts on our planet. Um, the idea that um, your power can be taken from you. No, there's one to begin with. You cannot have your power taken from you. You can choose to give it up, but nobody can take it. Uh, if you are greatly fearful, you'll attract someone who believes they can take it from you, which I think is humorous. Um, well, it really is. Uh, there are so many aspects to we human beings. If we were to describe a human being, you would have to start, you wouldn't have to, that's a bully speaking. You could start with the idea that we are all a divine spark that came here to create. We are. But by the time we've been indoctrinated with any number of guilt gnomes and uh, our power further taken from us by the bipolar thinking that is the only way you're allowed to think on the planet Earth. And bipolar comes from belief in good and evil with no third or balancing aspect incorporated into it. And therefore we think it's either good or it's either bad or it's good or it's bad or it's good or it's bad. And thus born the bipolar thinking. What I love, <laughs> there's a lot I love, what I love about bipolar thinking is that if you have been diagnosed, which is another word for that ancient word, oh, cursed, um, 
<laughs> you see that point? Uh, I have never in my life bothered with any of that. It's just not attractive. I've longed to be diagnosed with a fatal disease because you don't own me in any way. <laughs> you couldn't get me through the system fast enough for it to make a difference. I, the Walter White, I would be unbelievably free. Come on, cancer. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Where are you? Come on, come on. Yeah. All right, it'll get there. And, and then I'll change my mind. And then it'll go away. And then I'll, I'll, oh wait, I can be free without that. Why didn't I think of that? Oh my God, I'm free. Hey, do your own show. Yeah, okay. So freedom. Where were we? Because I was warming up to a really good point there, but I have no memory because I don't use it much. <laughs> See, it atrophies. One of the first things to go is memory because you don't use it, because you don't want to remember this stuff because you're on Earth and there are all these, oh, so you are your power. So I spent a good decade uh, having retrained my brain, and I'm suggesting, therefore, that you might consider doing this because it'll help matters. Why would we help matters? Because, well, actually, there's nothing else to do. Oh, all right, good. Uh, retraining your brain. Now, the first thought in your brain after you have extinguished the alarm clock, <laughs> and that's why you keep a hammer near the bed, uh, after you have come and, and your dreams are shattered by that noise, by the way, in case you didn't know that, so you don't get your dream counseling in there. So to awaken naturally. Ah, yes, well, that would be the way. Uh, oh, yeah, so uh, generally your first thought in the morning is going to be what you didn't like about yesterday. Now, you can see how that's a default setting, maybe. Now, your first thought could be about what you have to do today, because I don't want to argue with anyone, because, you know, that whole quote about unarmed person and... All right, fine. Okay, so let's say whatever the first thought is, it's some form of trash, left over. Yeah? Okay. Either future trash or past trash, but there's no... I'm here, it's a wonderful day, I will go and make miracles happen. Uh, the last X number of days in a row, I have reminded myself that I'm magical and that I can create anything. So, uh, going back. Oh, I'm back. Wait, oh, 2004-ish, uh, I think. I don't know when it was. That's like a decade ago. Ah, make it 2002. I'm feeling generous. I began to retrain my brain to think I claim my power as the first thought of the day. I'll wait. You have power, you have to claim it. Otherwise, someone else will claim it. Is that complicated? Evidently. You've got this, right? I claim my power. Call in if you have questions. I claim my power. Okay, after... X number of years, really? Is that like 10 in Roman numerals? Fine, 10 in Roman numerals. X number of years, uh, it became, I am my power. Now, I have just cheated you. Really? I didn't notice. Yes, because I would have liked you to have caught on to that, but I'd like us to move really, really forward. So, I am my power. Okay. That's a very different approach, Hulk. Stop that. That's a very different approach to life. 
I'm powerful. I do what I choose to do. Yes? Okay. Well, do that. What about all the what-ifs? You guys are great. I don't know who's talking, but I'm going to... Did you, did you watch Mean Tweets, by the way? Mary turned me on to this. Mean Tweets, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Anyhow, you can go online and you'll find the character, the actor who was Walter White, Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. According to Rick, our stage director. Anyhow, he got this really, really mean tweet, and, at the, and he reads it. And then he looks in the camera, and he says, uh, tweet number so-and-so, I'm coming after you. And that was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen, because it was a human being being powerful. Now, granted, it was uh, a frequency of power, and there are many frequencies of power. But nonetheless, this really tickled me, because I like the idea. Okay, that we, we have to be responsible for ourselves, otherwise other people have to be responsible for us. But if we were all responsible for ourselves, yeah, that's going to happen. It's possible, really? Yes. <sighs> okay, except for the way we're brought up. You're not allowed to see the, the guilt mechanism that fires in our society constantly keeps you from being able to recognize anything because you're too busy being guilty. So I'm going to throw a party, and I'm going to invite nothing but guilty people. Now, how many would like to come to this party? Yeah, no one wants to come to this party, because why would you go into a black hole pit of a group of human beings who are going to sit there and decompose right in front of you? No spark, no life, no nothing. So, yes, oh, guilt. All right, fine, what about it? Oh, um, oh, guilt is anger. Really? That doesn't stay anger very long. It's a nanosecond. If you can really, really get on top of it and you can train your mind to recognize, because guilt's going to do with recognition, do away with recognition. If you can recognize guilt, well, then you stand a better chance of doing something about it than not recognizing it. Okay, so guilt is anger that you don't feel you have the right to have. Quote from Lazarus. Anger, what is it? Oh, uh, guilt that you don't feel you have the right to have. But it doesn't stay guilt for very long. It immediately goes into your system and, well, let's use the word putrefy. Uh, no, let's use the word numb. <laughs> let's use the word void. Let's use the word, oh, just fill in an adjective that's not happy. Okay. Now, guilt. It's very easy to spot. Anybody that hurts themselves, yes, feels guilty. That's why they're hurting themselves. Sackcloth, ashes, beating, flailing, flailing. It's a little bacteria with a stick. Yeah. Flailing. That's a person that feels guilty. You're saying the church. Yes. Is in the business of making you guilty. Did we notice? No, we didn't. Because guilt's flat out invisible. It just destroys you and you don't know why. And then you're depressed and living alone in a room and drinking, I don't know, what, tea? Drinking hibiscus tea. Yes, okay. 
All right, so guilt. Uh, there's a dozen, dozen, dozen forms of guilt. Uh, absolutely everybody feels guilty about the way they look. I do not. Well, all right, fine, I do. Yes, everybody feels guilty. I'm not six feet, six inches tall, and I'm guilty about it. And if I stand next to somebody who's six feet, six inches tall, I want to kick him in the ankle. <laughs> because I feel guilty. I've got nothing against whoever that is. I have no names to call them gargantuan, to tall, you know, hey, yeah. Now every, uh, I teach face reading, okay. The very first thing I say in the face reading class is everybody has a perfect face. It's who they are, it's what they came here to do. Fine, have it surgically altered, that won't mess anything up. Okay, I'm always checking with this series of guides that I have to see if anybody... And there was a uh, file there, which was a um, continuation of whatever the preceding topic was, which I've, again, forgotten by now, but I don't really care. Let me explain forgetting things. Uh, what was that again? Okay, senility. You're always meeting new people. There's never a rerun. Uh, where did we put that? Um, what it is that you forget is something that's not worth remembering. I don't know why we don't teach that to children. Failed the test. Well, no, that was worth remembering. Okay, we'll give you an A. <laughs> right. Well, you know, okay, fine. Um, Waterloo, who was the name of the general? Yeah, three off. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Oh, you knew in school, you knew well enough to pass the test, but you, it flushes, you can hear it. It's like the same thing when you send an email. It's all gone. You know how they got that sound effect? It's a toilet flushing. One of the modern ones. That's what that is. It's not a jet taking off like they'd like you to believe. It's just right into the, um, what is the name of that? The internet, the big picture of cyberspace. What do they call? It doesn't make any difference. And since I can't remember, it is therefore not interesting or important, or I would have remembered, because I actually function and yet we are accused constantly of not adequately functioning to someone else's insane, which they don't do, or they wouldn't be upset with it. Whatever it is you don't like about someone is what you don't like about yourself. Huh? And I'm certain we've gotten that point across many, 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 many times. If you don't like homeless people, it's because you realize that you could deal the cards in such a way that you would be homeless. So that person's doing it for you, but you can't go, hey man, thanks so much for being homeless. Here's the buck, oh here, make it a t I'll make it a hundred, I don't care. And just live your life free. Because that's, the, the person couldn't keep it together to be in society. I gotta say that would be number one on the, um, the <laughs> I was homeless. Yes, uh, this is a very interesting application, sir. We're hiring you as our CEO immediately because you were homeless and you own that you just couldn't play the game. And that's the sort of thinking we like around here. Yeah, right, that's gonna happen. Well, if you start your own company, it will. It's really dreadful to be CEO and have to fire yourself, but you promise you a really good severance package and many, many, many later, uh, le letters of recommendation, yes? And they get you your next job as a janitor slash grocery store person. Fine, we're back. 
There's somebody call in. Let's discuss an interesting topic. Call in with this subject, and I would be happy to um, talk about it. I'm amazed about how well I write. God. I mean, that's not ego. I'm just reading this, like, and I remember, the, I remember making the keystrokes. I remember putting it together. I remember reading the book six times to see that it all made sense, which is what you do, by the way. When you write a book, you have to read it many, many, many times. They never tell you this on Castle. You never see him there reading his own thing going, my God. No, no. That's the way it works. It really is. Love of Self and Love of Others. That's an interesting page to open to. This is the book, by the way, if you want to find out. This is the... Hi, I'm the book. I'm the book talking to you. Walter White really had a point. I mean, you know, you could be that free, but do we? No, there'd be chaos. Ah, uh-uh. be, there'd be order. We said on this show, oh, I don't know, 156 times, what would you do if tomorrow morning you woke up and you could do whatever it is you would love to do? What would you do? Crickets. That's the raised crickets, correct. Yes, good, yes. Okay, crickets meaning no response whatsoever. And uh, I don't know how many times I've said that. There has never been anyone call back and say, I would be. Yeah? Because that's out of our purview. First of all, I've used the word love, which puts you to sleep. What would you love to do? What? Somebody call in. Oh, that'll never work. Don't call in. What would you love to do if it was your life? When I started saying that, I always said I would be a garbage man because a garbage man actually has his finger on the pulse of humanity. When the group of us switched from inkjet printer to whatever the next thing up, there's a layer in the landfill of uh, old-fashioned printers, by the way. Oh, the dreamist. Here's an interesting story. Right? So I open the iPad, and it's the dreamist. And I go, what in the world is that? Because... As far as I know, I didn't buy my own copy of it. And there it was on Kindle. And as far as I know, I didn't press Kindle or anything like it. It's just there. And I start to read my own book, and I got, which I wrote in 2000. And it's a very interesting story. It's, um, oh, I'm happy you asked. Good, well, I'll tell you then. You know, on the holodeck, never ever once in any of the Star Trek literature or on any of the Star Trek shows, has anybody ever talked about the guy that invented the holodeck? Not once ever. So the dreamist does not open with that, but the sequel to the dreamist does, which I haven't finished because I don't want to. Why? I'm back. Thank you. Uh, I'll get to it. Where do we put that? Okay. So, not in the dreamist. The backstory of the dreamist. It's about 2070, and this guy invents a device that you strap on your head. It's made out of like a leather football helmet. It's got all these hookups to your brain. And uh, he's got a, a hollow matrix hooked to it so that he can think a thought and it will appear in reality in the hollow matrix reality. Okay, pretty good. So he, uh, hired, he sets up a huge area about the size of this studio where he can project whatever thought he thinks. And he has a soiree, God, I love that word, uh, to 
demonstrate this to a house full of people who were hopeless alcoholics, but that's an ad dimmed. Okay, and so uh, he's hired a guy to um, project a house, and uh, so the, the inventor thinks of the house, and then the architect that he hired takes the people through the house, and he can make changes by thought, and so he improves the house according to the clamor of the... Uh, okay. Now, being a good genius, he didn't drink at all ever, but at that night he figured why not, and everybody kept af- offering him champagne. And so by the end of the evening, he was blind drunk, but he still had the device on his head, and he passed out. And then he started to project drunk dreams. And apparently he was enamored of one of the guests, who had to leave almost immediately. But nonetheless, flash cut 20 years later, there is a game show, the most popular television program ever created, called The Dreamist. Yes, good. And in this, six people, already asleep when they go on the air, project dreaming bodies into an enormous area that's divided into six pieces, okay? And um, they do battle with their dream bodies. You can project anything you can think of as the dream body. If someone destroys your dream body and there's so much as one atom of it left on your sixth of the thing, you're allowed to regenerate another body. The rules are very simple. The last person that's still asleep wins. And then they become the dreamist, which is slightly above movie star. Okay, and people more than anything want to be visited by dreamists in their dreams. And if you are a person visited by a dreamist, you get, to, you get to own the office. And so this show has been going on uh, at many, for many years at the point we joined the show. Now, there's a character named Cable Newstar uh, who was uh, born in New Orleans uh, to a mother named Maybell and... Ah, forgot the father's name, but it's the other half of her name. Cable, yeah. Um, started with, anyhow, blah, blah, blah. Her name is the merging of the two parents. New star, okay. And she, as an 18-year-old, enlisted in the army at the exact moment the um, um, realization occurred that uh, the war on terror was actually a dreaming war and that the enemies had these teams of people. Ah, somebody wants me to be quiet. I'm good at this. No, only kidding. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hey, uh, my name is Victor. How are you? Victor, good. What can we do for you, man? Uh, I like this uh, young lady. Uh, my birthday is uh, January 26th, Aquarius. Uh, her birthday is December 16th. Are we compatible or, or what? That's for me to answer, right. Okay, now pay attention. This is a decision that you make. It doesn't have to do with the stars. It doesn't have to do with anything outside of you. Okay? She has a right to vote yes or no, as do you. Now, you two have to get together and make the decision about whether or not there's sparks there. That's really not for me to say. 
Um, that is the great falsehood around the concept of psychics, because um, as a psychic, if I say to you, oh, yes, it's a done deal, um, then you'll, you'll presume that, and it may or may not happen because she has her free will in this situation. Now, you have to contact her and say, look, you know, I think about you. Um, I'd like to know if you'd like to go do something, uh, dinner perhaps, whatever that might be, but, you know, and, and then just see what she says because that's the way it works. Anything else isn't the way it works. You take your shot. Now, every, I remember being an adolescent and, um, yeah, really? Well, no, it's vague. Uh, and I remember the, the main thing that um, you had to get a hold of was the worst thing that could possibly happen would be that she would say no, okay? Then you'd find somebody else, and I guarantee it. But it would be clean. And besides, the odds are it's probable that if you've got your half of the chemistry, she's got some kind of chemistry there, too. It's probable. Okay, but you've got to find out. Yeah, so call her up as soon as, well, finish watching the show, of course. Where but, can I find your books? Uh, Amazon.com. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you, Victor. I appreciate your call in. Yeah, there, there's the idea of um, free will. It's a tricky item. Uh, just further expanse on that, uh, just because we, are, we hit a particular topic, there's um, uh, authors all over everything. Okay, um, I shot in the head, I woke up in the hospital, and I started taking people in their past lives because I knew how to do it. I don't know how, but I, and I can do it. I can take you into your past life. And then um, many years later, I figured out that I could take you to another planet where you could see... You go into the past life to see a fork in the road and to see which fork you took and then what happened. Okay. So your soul has an evolutionary agenda. Fine. And what about it? Oh, okay. So we go in the past life to see. Now, if you don't like what happened on the fork and if you're back and you took that <laughs> and you're in that position again, I'm going to more or less say that wasn't the deal for you, but now you have that intelligence to make this decision. Then I realized I could take people between lives uh, and have been there so many times on my own stead. Um, so we incarnate with a cast of characters. Like any other play there is, your, your life is a play, and, and these people that are your... Um, Cohorts, your fellow actors and actresses, all agree to play parts and to act out some sort of a uh, uh, evolutionary drama, comedy. Personally, I, I weigh heavy on comedy, but nonetheless. And so you can meet this other group of people and get insight in this state that... Um, that I take people into the between lives. And uh, there's a place between the lives where you have conferences with all these other beings, and you try on scripts, and you decide what you're going to like to play in the next lifetime, or who it is you're going to want to play, so forth and so on. So of all the therapy models I've discovered, the, the one that really brought it home for me 
the one that if you catch on to this, you will not have to incarnate again. No, suddenly everyone's paying attention. To not have to incarnate again. Okay, so I got shot by this guy in Manhattan, hits me with three bullets, and I'm dead, and I'm on the other side, and there's all these angels, and uh, uh, the group has to be quiet while I'm talking. And um, sometimes not. So the angels. So this angel shows me this room, and in the room, there's the guy. Only I'm shooting him, and he's shooting me, I'm shooting him, he's shooting me. So the angel pulls me out of there and goes, kid, you know, it's a good thing I pulled you out of there because you weren't going to come out of there. So, and then he throws me into the next room where I sign a contract with the guy that shot me. And the guy says, you know, kid, this means I'm going to blow your head off with a handgun when you're 27. I go, yes, yes you are, and I sign the contract, and lo and behold, it happens. And then I uh, am shot dead, and the next thing I know, I wake up in a hospital. And uh, the nurse, this is after removing the bullet from my head. Uh, and the nurse walks in, and she's followed by herself from a preceding life. And the one's Civil War nurse, and the other's 20th century nurse. And I'm looking at the two of them, and I realize the one that's Civil War had seen me blown apart and brought to a hospital to die. Hospitals in quotes in the Civil War. Uh, and uh, this modern version of her saw me come back to life. And my little brain says, and by the way, with that perspective, this is the little brain, in case you've wondered, and not the other little brain we talk about. Where was I? Dink, 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 dink. Uh, yeah, so from then on, I see people in past lives, and then I, I get hired to take people into past lives. So let me jump forward a couple of years from the shooting. And one day I realized that I cannot forgive this man for shooting me because my signature was on the contract. He was doing what I contracted. Okay, so I can't forgive him because there's nothing to forgive. I get that. Now that happens to apply to every time I hear the word forgive, my skin crawls, which is not very pleasant, either for my skin or people looking at me. I've had my skin attempt to leave my body totally, which is just embarrassing. Other people, not so much me, you know. I like being skinny, but I'm back now. Okay, so, so uh, every time I hear the word forgive, I realize the person has about 30% of the picture, and that the word forgive is a substitute word, fine. I hope you can forgive me for that. See, hope and forgive. Do, you do the math on that. Okay. Let's go down another few years past the shooting. And I realize that I absolutely love this person, and I mean that, love this person, for shooting me to death. Because that was a very feces-covered thing to do to shoot cruelly someone for no apparent reason, okay? But I love him for it because I got to wake up in a hospital seeing interdimensionally. I got to live the rest of my life. I got, I got to write books I have no idea I wrote, but then I can read them later and go, wow, I was really good. I love this guy for this. Now, for a lot of the interim time till I got to that love thing, I was saying, oh, I don't want to see him for a million incarnations. I never wanted to. Okay, and then when I started taking into between lives, I met the guy between lives. 
he's part of my cast of characters. And I, I shook hands with him and hugged him and said, you know, that was, thank you for that. That was unbelievably noble of you to have trashed your incarnation that way. Now they've got to have a teardrop tattooed under your eye and so forth. Does that have to do with gender? You know, killed males, it's under the right eye, and females, it's under... Uh, yeah, I'm sure someone will call in and tell us. Okay, so at any rate, because um, it makes sense to me. So anyhow, when I love this guy, and here's the therapy model. You ready? Okay. I don't have to, in my next lifetime, be born into a military family, trained to kill, and without ever knowing it, hunt this guy down and kill him. Because there's no magnet holding me to that anymore. So if you want out of incarnation, you have to recognize love in everything that happens all the time, which is the point of my next book, which is to get a language that will cause you to more readily recognize love in everything. Okay, so what you do now with this therapy model is figure out the worst thing that ever happened to you. And don't do that during the moment of childbirth. <laughs> okay. Um, figure out the worst thing that ever happened to you, recognize that that created a change point in you, and that your life after that point was on a different path that you liked better, and that was really the only way you were gonna haul up stakes that much and move to this advanced thinking. So you can love that person for having done that to you. But until you love that person for that, you're in this quid pro quo back and forth with who knows how many dozen souls. So, somebody out there heard me because I felt a click. And if you want to email or whatever. Okay. Now, language codes, but I didn't go that far in that book. But nonetheless, that, this is the, the frequency you give off when you speak certain words which is, it doesn't even have to be in tone, it's just the word itself. If you say hope, and I know so many people, okay, hope does not render a decision. I hope you know that. See, now you don't know if you know it or not. Okay, so anyhow, words that uh, the book, the Language Codes book, talks about, um, um, the mechanics of language. Uh, Language management is the name of the chapter. And so if I say the books are here, no long shot. The books are here. Yes, the books are here. Wait, the books are there. I've moved the books. See what I'm saying? It's called language management. We do this all the time without knowing we do it. So the FBI or whoever those people are came up with distance languaging, uh, yes, which is a tell. Yeah, the, read, if you play poker, read the language codes book because the world is nothing but tells. I don't see anything but tells. They're everywhere. I told you that, see? Yeah, okay. Now, and we were warming up on a point. Yeah, everybody's free will. Uh, there's a, another chapter, the idea of trin oh, Trinity thinking. Okay, so you have to see the third point of view before you can actually make a decision. If you have only good and bad, you don't have information. It's very sh uh, short shelf life on your information if you think in good and bad. 
because um, no matter what, those things change. Uh, what was good is now bad. What was bad is now good. It just works that way. I mean, argue with me all you want, but do it on your own time. <laughs> God, I love being me. Now, uh, so the third point of view is the, in, and I just read it in um, uh, Prism of Lyra, which is an excellent book to read. I enjoy that very much. Uh, and it's saying that uh, for uh, negativity and positivity to come to a place, if you force negative and positive together, it's nuclear. If you integrate them together, you achieve a trinity. You achieve the point of view that allows you to be more intelligent than other people here on this planet at this time. Uh, the idea of seeing the other side of it. So we begin um, as narcissists. And I, I have figured out that God was the original narcissist. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Until he thought of, ah, people. Or, well, other incarnations. But, um, and has since gone to the monastic point of view. That's another meditation technique is to um, recognize, if it's not too difficult, to recognize your soul family. Most of me takes place in different dimensions than this one. So there's, there would be your family. Okay. And so that's you. You can recognize your family as you. What I like about Spanish is you call a stranger your cousin because it's true. We're all cousins here. All right, fine. Uh, where did I put all that? That looks interesting. We have any other callers that would like a subject discussed? Let me see where we are. Oh, guilt. That's what we were winding up or down about. Uh, there's no ceremony. to. T uh, uh, you do have to keep an eye on the two-year-old, the four-year-old, etc., uh, because they aren't savvy in the world enough. You do have to take care of them. And it is, um, we install a very rudimentary sense of um, being on earth in a very guilty sort of way, but there's no ceremony at a certain age where you don't have to be guilty anymore. We just lift that from you. Instead, the guilt grows for a lifetime, often in the form of cancer. Um, I'm back now. Uh, where was I? Oh, yes, yeah, so guilt. So there's no taking the guilt back. So what we can do about that is to not be manipulated by guilt or ego or any of these other things that just keep manipulating us out of the game. Uh, oh, ego. Ego is your friend. Well, ego, the job of the ego is to enforce that we're all separate from each other. The great irony from my point of view is that there is no possibility that we are not separate from each other. We are obsessed with how separate we are from each other to the point that insanity reigns. It really does. We're all the same. Could we, could we just switch the national focus, the planetary focus to we're all the same. Hey, we're the same. Well, we are. Fight it. Go on, fight it. We're not the same. That's the ego. Isn't that clever? This is that. That is a... I really like that. 
There, now we're on balance. Ooh, it's noisy. I once did a meditation where I went outside of the universe, and I was looking at the universe. There it is. And what I um, then did, because I had a lot of guts, was that I turned around and looked away from the universe. And there was, let me just sum it up, nothing there. Not a zip. Nothing. It was the most incredibly quiet moment there ever was. And so quite naturally, I turned around again. And then I noticed how noisy the light from the universe was. Because we're used to looking through the holes in the front of our head. What a different species would be, we would be if we had holes, uh, eyes in the back of the head. But then you'd see it all coming. And crash helmets would be a completely different design. And you could keep an eye on the kids without that little mirror they sell you. Little mirror up there. Uh, uh, I wandered away again. Yeah, all right, fine. So, oh yeah, that, that was um, awakening to understand that because it is, um, as much as we love light and I'm not opposed to it, I'm just saying that there's other things. It's not, I, more and more I open to the idea of other things. What other things? Well, say something and I'll find another thing that relates to it. Interestingly enough, and well you might add. Okay. Oh, so the Pleiadians, uh, glad you brought them up. All right, and um, in Prism of Lyra, Prism, a triangular thing that reflects white light into the rainbow, Prism of Lyra. Lyra is a constellation that was the founding of uh, all the humanoid civilizations in our immediate neighborhood. Uh, Antares, by the way, is not getting much press. Let me see, where was I? Oh, the, yeah. So, the original Lyrians um, became kind of control freaks, and so then uh, the next star over, Vega. And I really do have to make the joke that so many vegans have never incarnated on the planet Vega, uh, star system Vega, star Vega. Well, so much for the joke, but then again, I don't care. So anyhow, a good, bad, positive, negative poles emerged and clash, clash, clash. They reset the whole thing in the Orions, positive, negative, clash, clash, clash. Take it to the Pleiades, who are now third generation, roughly. I don't know if they start. Oh, Zeta Reticuli showed up. Zeta Reticuli got um, uh, negativity to the point where they trashed their planet and lived underground, and reproduced by cloning. Yeah. And so they are interested in us because we, we've already passed the tick. We did not trash the planet. When Saddam declared war on the United States, of course he, um, early senility, he forgot to buy a nuclear weapon. No, wait, the arms merchants would not sell him a because they're high moral. He couldn't afford it. No, of course he had a bomb and he set it off and it was reversed by... Of course he set it off. And um, 
the fission was reversed by a committee that's been franchised to keep an eye on us so that we don't trash the planet. So don't you feel mature? We are, <laughs> we're so capable and seem to be destroying our planet with all our might. And yet there's something going to prevent it, because otherwise we'd be on the American asteroid. asteroid. Makes sense to me. Okay. Oh, so when it came to the Pleiadians, they decided that they would uh, do away with negativity, which is interesting and reminded me a lot of the Vulcans. And uh, what happened was they, um, uh, they ceased being creative without the two poles to uh, spark energy into a third point. It just sort of... So that's why we're going to have negativity. But that doesn't mean it has to run us. It doesn't mean it has to be in the form of uh, suppressive government. It doesn't have to be in the form of disease. It doesn't have to be these things that it is. Because um, plus and minus generate the whole thing. So if the minus comes up, you go to the balance point, not the positive point. See how that works? I really got this from this. Uh, Prism of Lyra, which is a very good book, okay, by um, Royal Priest is the name they have on it. They're still publishing. I, I thank them for uh, their participation in uh, creating that book. Uh, I just admire the work you do. So, uh, where would we like to go from there? Oh, big universe. Let's come back here. So, isms, isms, name an ism, is always a form of prejudice, and prejudice is prejudged, and judgment is the only form of slavery, and to not be judgmental, and yet incorporate positive, negative, and neutral. This is what ascension is beginning to look like for me. I have um, stated forever that the more easily you can recognize whatever that is as a form of love, the more ascended you are, the more easily you can feel that as a form of love, the more ascended you are. Basically, we are becoming ascended, like it or not, and a lot quicker than we would think. But there are, are so few of us in the trenches. I know we have a lot of light workers, but there's a lot to be overcome, uh, the way in which we're training light workers. Yes, star seeds. Uh, still, authentic star seeds are under, what, 2% I'm being generous of the population. And then to actually activate a star seed, and how, star seed activator, yes. We have it right here. <laughs> Just mail in. Sprinkle it on your kids, they'll all be star seeds. And there are more and more of the kids are coming in full blown and won't listen because they can't remember it, because it's not real, it doesn't sit anywhere, it doesn't have any impetus to exist. Makes sense to me. Well, get busy, kids, come on. Let's do this stuff. I've been doing it simply forever. And it's a good thing to do. And the more of us can, that can get to this point where we, you know, Reiki is absolutely real, Sekim, which is um, much older than Reiki, uh, is also real here. I don't know if the sphere is visible to you, and the other thing is, I don't care. 
and then I will send you a love thought in it. If you want to receive it or not, it's up to you. Love as an essence. Easy. Yours or not? Uh, let me see. You have to make the decision. It's not mine to make. That's the free will thing. I remember when I first discovered um, Sekim, I thought it was my job to heal everyone. You know, that's typical of when you get some of this juice. Oh, I have to heal everyone. All right, fine. So I'm downtown in D.C. and driving. Well, good. Yes, glad you mentioned that. And I'm behind one of these uh, Lincoln Town cars. And in the very back seat of it, there's a small child pretending to kill people. Okay? So I go, oh, perfect. I put on my superhero costume. I blow a ball of uh, consciousness. And I pitch it at this kid. And he ducks. And it hit the chauffeur right in the back of the head. Huh? Okay, which was kind of unnecessary, all things considered. But the chauffeur accepted it which I think is very interesting. So it's not my job to heal anyone. So if you don't feel that it's your job to be healed, then you're looking for another channel. Okay. And this is literally a channel. And we have so much service to be. Please, someone call in and ask something you'd like to know about because uh, we have just tons of answers on things. So meanwhile, I'm going to sit and read while somebody makes up their mind about that. Oh, yeah, building the dismissificator. Do you have a dismissificator? Uh, it's like any other muscle. Yes, when something bugs you and you dismissificate it and it comes back, this is your opportunity to build your dismissificator. And the computer didn't like that word, and I don't care. It redlined it, so I thought that was good, too. Uh, but to dismiss something is to meditate on it and see it from a higher perspective. I'll wait. To see it from a higher perspective is to literally increase your frequency. It's doing it more often, yes, frequency. Increasing your frequency. Ah, so you know how a dog goes insane after the bath and they run around nuts and splash water all over your living space? Okay, that dog is at an extremely high frequency. It can't contain itself. Oh my God, I'm a dog. What happened? Get, get me a guide immediately. What am I doing here as a dog? I see. Okay, so I'm making up some karma law? I get it. All right, fine. Really? Yeah, who knew? Uh, oh, yeah, all right. So, well, as long as we're having a good time. This is your last five minutes. Call in if you would like to find something out. Otherwise, I'll just continue. So, when you medicate, <laughs> and I love that, I, I medicate often and frequently, but not the way you'd think. Actually, really good... Um, Medication is uh, carrot, beet, celery juice. But you don't want to do it every day. It'll blow your plumbing. <laughs> you want to uh, do it every few days, maybe. Um, although I know people who do juice um, fasts, and I don't know how. Oh, go to the website, telepathictv.com, and look up um, liver flush. 
and I think that's the term, it's actually gallbladder flush, it might be either one. I recommend that highly since it's spring and we've all had a winter of eating fats and so the gallbladder is very likely to be uh, jammed up with, of all things, and who would have thought gallstones? That's right, in the gallbladder. Who thinks of these things? Anyhow, this will flush that out of your system. Um, Mary was telling me my eye color changed the last time I did it. Uh, and this creates a, a clearer mind, I can tell you that right away. And let me see where else. Uh, Amazon.com, uh, the website. Oh, we're going to the Serpent Mound tomorrow, which I'm meant to start the program with. Um, we're going out for our annual uh, um, pilgrimage out there. Uh, the place that the Serpent Mound is, is a very high frequency spot on the planet Earth. And it's important that we spend some time. Uh, here, other high frequency spots, uh, the King's Chamber and the Cheops Pyramid. Okay, it's got to be the top of Mount Everest. Those people wouldn't have done that if there wasn't some payoff. But uh, high frequency spots, um, uh, Fiji comes to mind. Where did Gauguin went? Gauguin, Gauguin. I can never remember. I can remember the mnemonic, which is my Gauguin is my mnemonic for Gauguin. Fine. Anyhow, there are, there are high frequency places that you can find. If you're not close to one, you can set up a crystal grid and lay in the crystal grid and you will be at a higher frequency and you will get information you're not used to. So when something is bugging you, you're going to have to recognize why you love it before it will leave you alone. I see, okay. We're gonna be at Ruby Tuesday shortly. Uh, I'm doing the apprentice palm reading, face reading class. Uh, Mary's doing EFT and uh, tarot. Tarot, uh, psychic development also. Uh, we're going to do the new moon over the uh, uh, serpent mound, which will be very interesting to do. And uh, the serpent mound is this um, a place where some rock fell out of space and smacked a dolomite plane. Dolomite is a mineral that conducts electricity. When it smacked the plane, it broke it into an elliptical dent because the whole plane shattered and went down and eventually filled with dirt. The Native Americans kept going, wow, this is really a hot spot. Uh, and so they did an earthwork called the Serpent Mound. And I had a vision of the uh, chief, I believe it was, um, dancing the serpent. And then the tribe followed. And in the following weeks, they built the mound, covered it with mica and um, alabaster, and uh, grew healing crops. And it, it's a remarkable experience, the serpent mound. There's nothing. You, you search it online. Um, we're going to go out there for a few days and uh, have a good time. And uh, apparently this is my time, so I appreciate your listening. And you're very welcome to um, call in next week and uh, see what it is we can do for you. And um, we love you all. Yes, do, do pick up. Do become a more evolved you. It's, it's always much easier to be more evolved and less evolved. 
If you don't believe me, go to your two-year-old 